the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley. Thank you for tuning in today. Hey, uh, Dan Gibson, he's the headmaster, and Mike Gross is the board president of Columbus Classical Academy. And they'll be on Hugh Hewitt Friday at 7.30 a.m. And Columbus Classical Academy, CCA, is a Hillsdale College curriculum school enrolling now for the fall, kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, learn more at columbusclassical.org. Michael Ganadakis, he's president of Ohio Right to Life, and he was politicking maybe more than anyone else over the past couple of months, sure, but definitely over the past few days and weeks. When I hear Representatives Stewart, Ferguson, Marin talk about pressure raining down on the state house, I think of Ohio Right to Life and Michael Ganadakis. Michael, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here talking with you today. Hey, I'm excited to talk with you. It's great to have you on the show. I know we've got a lot to cover, but hey, first things first, Browns or Bengals? Are you a Browns fan or a, a Bengals fan? Suffering Browns fan, brother. Uh, so where are you from originally? Uh, born, born and raised in Akron. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I grew up in Ashland, and, uh, you know, our TV market was, uh, you know, Neff Chandler and the boys back in the day. Um, Oh, man, the drive, the fumble, Red Ride 88, uh, still scarred, man. I'm sorry, but we can commiserate together in the fall. (laughs) There's so much to commiserate about, right? The Browns, Cavs, Indians. We got got a championship at the Cavs, though, so we'll take it. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Um, Yeah. Even after... Uh, LBJ took his talents to South Beach, came back and, and did the city good. <laughs> hey, Speaker Stevens said that if uh, Senate joint resolution got 60 votes, he'd bring it to the floor. Uh, you put together a list of folks and uh, made it public, kind of saying, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Did this break the hold, keeping uh, SJR2 off the floor? Yeah, I, I think it played a significant role. You know, look, about uh, 45 to 60 days ago, I met with the speaker in his office, along with uh, State Representative Jim Hoops, is, uh, who is the majority whip. And, um, you know, the speaker said at the time, you know, we don't have a political or a policy problem. We had a math problem, and we, we need 60 votes to pass a resolution, right? That's what the rules state, and there, wa- there wasn't 60 votes, according to the speaker at that time. And we went back and forth, and, you know, he, he explained that some people tell me one thing and him another. Shocking. That's how politics works, right? Yep. So we had uh, an agreement that if I can demonstrate in writing that the support is there, hence 60 signatures, that uh, we could move forward. And he agreed, and um, we hit the ground running, and uh, it took longer than I thought, but uh, that's okay. You know, all good things are worth putting extra effort into, and we were able to present the speaker uh, with those signatures several weeks ago, and then... Uh, now, here we are today, uh, May 11th, and um, May, on May 10th, uh, 
the, the legislature spoke with 62 yes votes uh, to allow we, the people, to decide our Constitution. Yeah, I had a chance to visit with Bob France, who was just on. Uh, I was on his show yesterday, and we were talking through it, and I was kind of, you know, counting things. And I said, man, I think this is going to go. And uh, to, to be frank, I was surprised. I, I was a little bit shocked. And you know what? I've given Jason Stevens a really hard time um, because, you know, actions have to match words, right? And Amen. Yesterday, yesterday they did. So uh, in your in your mind, what's next? How does this play out? It's SJR two. It's it's bigger than abortion, but let's be let's be real frank. This has everything to do with with protecting unborn lives. So what's next? Yeah, you know, I, I will say this. You know, we are the tip of the spear of the pro life movement. Why? Because Planned Parenthood plans to go to ballot if they get the signatures, of course, this November. But um, our coalition is diverse, Jack. I'll tell you. You know, a lot of your listeners that uh, care deeply about family farming, our Second Amendment rights. Our small business owners, they're all part of our coalition. Now, they have their focus. You know, abortion might not be the focus of of the Farm Bureau, but the Farm Bureau cares deeply about keeping the radical PETA activists out of our Constitution and banning family farming. So we're all motivated for a common purpose, and that motivation is going to spill forward now. We have 90 days, 89 days, actually, until Election Day. Of course, we have 28 days of early voting, too, so we're in the 60s. We have a lot of work to do immediately. The campaign started at about 4 p.m. yesterday. Um, to go out and capture the the silent majority to come out and support our Constitution. Look, around Cap Square, the political class rules, right? It's disgusting. I have to work in it and live in it every day. But the political class lost big yesterday, and we the people won big yesterday. And no longer will the political class and former politicians, former attorney generals and governors tell us, we the people, what to do. The legislature, with one loud voice yesterday, a supermajority in the House and a supermajority in the Senate, said, we're going to trust the voters. We're going to let democracy play out, and we're going to let the 8 million registered voters debate this in all 88 counties and then cast their ballot. Yeah, you said we're going to let democracy play out. I, I have to mention this again because I just I chuckled in amusement and, and disbelief when I heard yesterday one person, one vote from the people who don't want people to vote on this. I mean, it's crazy to me <laughs> the logic that they were putting forward. But listen, I want to get your pulse on two things regarding Ohioans. What do you think they want regarding this constitutional amendment? Will it pass? And then I think the other big issue is, what do you think their pulse is on abortion? It's, it's, is it zero, none at all? Is it six weeks? Is it 15? Or is it on demand, which I think this radical amendment that's out floating around now would allow? Amen. Great question. Two separate questions, so I'll tackle them in order if you presented them. On the 60% constitutional amendment, here's what I do know. We've done polling in Ohio, right? Like two rounds of it, and we're winning on the 60% issue. I don't care what the League of Women Voters say or anyone else. We've done our polling. We spent a lot of resources to do good, credible polling, not just tell us what we want to hear. We're winning um, comfortably on the issue of protecting the Constitution. What, the, what Ohioans have to decide here come August is do we want to prostitute our Constitution and let out-of-state interests come in with blackjack, poker, and um, casino gambling, which we currently have, unfortunately, in our Constitution? Do we want the weed guys to come in? Do we want abortion in our Constitution? Sadly, the SEIU, the largest labor union in the state here, is circulating petitions to do mandatory minimum wage. Think of all the small business owners that are listening right now on 98.9 they have it in the background of their small businesses. They're going to be decimated. They're going to close their doors if they have to do a mandatory minimum wage. It's as if it's as if the radical left want to tell our small businesses and us how to live our lives by buying their way into the Constitution. Every two and four years, we elect men and women 
to the Ohio legislature and the House and Senate, and we elect our governor to, to make these policy decisions. We speak through our elected officials, yet the out-of-state liberal special interest in California to New York City want to, want to come in and circumvent that process for which we care dearly about our, our uh, Democrat process, three separate uh, um, forms of government here we have in, a, in our judicial, executive, and legislative branch, and by the way, in the Constitution. It's unheard of in other states. They don't even, there's what, 16 states that don't even allow this. I think New York's one of them. I could be wrong. I think New York may be one of them. You're absolutely right. New York doesn't allow citizen-led petitions. Illinois, the blue state of Illinois, has a 60% threshold. Yet the Democrats in this town, as you said, one person, one vote, actually voted to oppose to give we the people the right to practice democracy. Again, as I said a moment ago, Jack, the political class in this town around Cap Square are so out of touch with reality. They're used to getting their way and getting whatever they want using power and money. And yesterday, with a loud, thunderous boom, we said no more. We've got about 45 seconds. Uh, weigh in on, on the abortion question a little more thoroughly. So what sure, do you think the, the appetite is there? About 45 seconds. Yes. I, I will tell you, Jack, for a, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Ohioans do not support abortion on demand up to and through the ninth month of pregnancy. That's what Planned Parenthood's language says. It's less than 250 words that would go into our Constitution that would get rid of parental consent. It would allow a, a 12-year-old girl to go to a teacher and go get abortion, 13-year-old girl, 14-year-old girl. It would allow for transgender surgeries without parental consent involved in anything. That's how radical this is. This isn't about Roe v. Wade or or you know, protecting you know uh, different forms and stages. This is about what the radical left wants, which is abortion on demand through the ninth month of pregnancy. Fifteen seconds, Michael. What should our listeners do? Yeah, at the end of the day, we need a yes vote in August, and we need everyone to come out and protect our constitution. And if we do that, the things that I've just spoken about for the past few minutes will go away because the the, the out of state liberal interest will realize Ohio is no longer for sale. He is Michael Ganadakis. He's president of Ohio Right to Life, and he is on Cap Square, in Cap Square, in the State House, fighting for life. And we're grateful that he is with us here and was with us today on the Bruce Woolley Show. God bless you, Michael. Thanks for all your hard work. God bless. Thanks so much. All right. We will be back right after the break with friend of the show, Matt Mayer. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley. And wow, what a show today. Chock full of lawmakers and uh, an association president talking everything from Senate Joint Resolution 2 and a 60% requirement to amend our Constitution to why are we trying to outlaw plastic bags and recycled plastic bags? Good stuff. Uh, If you missed any of it, Make sure to check it out on the podcast, get online, download it, listen to it. You won't regret it. You're going to love it. In fact, you you might get hooked. In fact, uh, talking about getting hooked, uh, we've got a twofer. Yeah, that's right. This will be the second time that Matt Mayer, he's president of Opportunity Ohio, uh, and he's exploring a run for governor in 26. It'll be the second time that he's with us this week. Why? Because he's just that good. Yesterday, he analyzed the bombshell presser 
orchestrated by Congressman James Comer. Reminder, Congressman Comer will be with me tomorrow at 1122. You don't want to miss that, but you don't want to miss this. Round two with Matt. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show, and how are you this afternoon? Hey, good, Jack. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. I'm going to throw you a curveball right out of the box. Uh, curveballs. All right. Uh, step back. No, actually, step up in the box and slow your swing down. Uh, what book has most profoundly affected you in the last year? What are you reading? In the last year? In the last year. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say uh, I'm on volume three of Winston Churchill's a Chronicle of World War II, and uh, it's just, it's an excellent series, and I've learned far more than I thought. You, I, I step back and wonder, how did I not know so much of this information? And you go back to kind of basic history and civics that doesn't get taught anymore. Um, but it really talks, it, you get the broad brushstrokes of, you know, there is evil in this world, and you have to confront it and confront it aggressively. And that's a, always a good reminder as we find ourselves kind of living in, a, in, in an increasingly unstable world. Yeah, I am uh, the father of a fourth grader, and the history that's taught is a little bit alarming at this point. I understand it'll get more in-depth and complex as the years go, but uh, we really need to keep our eyes peeled for for what is being taught, not being taught, and how it's being taught. Um, but that's a great recommendation, a three-book chronicle of the World War by Winston Churchill. Well, it's six volumes total. I'm oh, on six. Th- okay. three of six. Three so of six, got each it. each about 600 pages with lots of small print, so it takes a bit to get through each one, but yep. well worth it if you are, are a student of history. So yesterday, uh, State Senator Andrew Brenner posted something on Facebook, and I saw it, and I looked at it, and I thought, Ohio, the heart of, the heart of it all. I, I've, seen, I've seen that before. Um, what can you tell us about this new slash old Ohio slogan. First of all, why? Second of all, how much? Yeah, so we don't know the how much. The why is because politicians just can't leave well enough alone. And look, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I like that slogan, grew up with that slogan. It's a great slogan. However, an utter waste of taxpayer resources to spend money and time of employees and whoever they contract this to to come up with the brilliant idea to repackage this. And, and here's where it's not just that cost, Jack, because this is what happens, right? They're now going to put up on every sign all around the state that has the old slogan. They're going to stick the new one back on there. So we're going to spend millions of dollars on getting all these signs up, just like we do every time we have a new governor. They, they feel like they've got to stick their name on every billboard, uh, every you know part that comes into Ohio. And I think that's kind of the stuff that I wish we could find the kind of politicians that would realize just how utterly dumb, even if it's an insignificant amount of money in the grand scheme of a $40 billion budget, it just shows the mentality that you bring to government, which is, look, I don't need my name on some dumb, you know, billboard as somebody crosses from Indiana to Ohio. Let's save taxpayer dollars, and I'll just leave the old guy's name on there. I don't really care. And that's the approach I take, and I'm going to take uh, it, when I become governor is that common sense. Let's stop doing the stupid stuff. I think that's going to be a breath of fresh air. I'm going back in my mind to senior year of high school, Bob Raplenovich, if you're out there and listening, you're probably not. But uh, if you are, you had the coolest definition of opportunity cost I've ever heard. You judge the value of what you got in terms of what you had to give up to get what you got. So we spent money on Vaximilian. We spent money uh, re-sloganing the state. <laughs> uh, but yet we have right. a law we, enforcement we never, issue, we did our a teacher issue. Again, Remember, again, we did the license plate again, and we got it backwards this time. The plane was backwards, but you know, my, you know, the Dwight Houston folks had to redo the license plate because you know everyone's clamoring for new license plates every eight years. Like, come on, right? Absolutely, man. It's like it's like a new season of The Bachelor. Once that comes out, it's like we got to we got to redo all this stuff. I, it's crazy, man. 
Uh, so listen, what do you know about the budget? Because here's what I've heard, right? The Senate basically saw what the House did and they said, ah, not so fast. And uh, it's going to go back to the House. But it seems like the House has been a little bit slow and a little bit inactive. What do we know about the budget? What should we pay attention to um, as it comes down the stretch? Well, what we should, number one, broad brushstroke, right? It's a, it's going to be an you know, $80 billion plus budget, which means we're going to have two years coming forward of over $40 billion out the hole. Um, and again, Jack, I just keep coming back to if these, you know, supermajority Republican legislature, Republican governors, which simply restrain spending to population plus inflation growth, we, we could have gotten rid of the state income tax by now. And instead, they just keep, oh, well, what do we think revenues are going to be? Okay, well, we'll spend that much, right? And, and, and we won't have a deficit because we have a balanced budget amendment. But they justify this increased ratcheting of spending that's been going on nonstop for now, you know, two decades. And, and as a result, it, it prevents us from doing the stuff that taxpayers really would love, which is, hey, make Ohio the 10th state without an income tax, and we can be more competitive. We'll, it'll spur job growth. But, you know, we're going to blow the budget by increasing it. But we're not going to do universal backpack bill, school choice, right? We're not doing that. We're not doing all these other conservative things. We're just going to increase spending and we're going to, like, pretend it's conservative. We're going to pretend it's the it's a good budget decision, but it's really not, right? Well, it's interesting. Asking the government and government officials to cut spending is kind of like asking uh, a fat kid in the middle of eating a cake to just put it down and go have some broccoli. I mean, what's the end around here? And maybe this is your pitch for governor. How do you fix it? How do you fix the spending problem? Yeah. It's one of my pitches, Rod. I pledge that if if I'm elected governor, the first first term, and again, I'm not presuming a second term, but term one, we will not increase spending one penny. We will freeze the budget for those four years because we will then need time to figure out how we do two things. How quickly can we get rid of the state income tax? And how do we eliminate Medicaid expansion? Because those two things have to get done because they're driving the budget higher and higher. And look, I looked, the new numbers came out today. We've now added 1.2 million people to Medicaid since John Kasich expanded it, you know, unilaterally in 2013, telling us it was only going to add 275,000 people to the rolls. We are now over 900,000 people past that pledge. And again, who pays for that? Not John Kasich sitting dumb, fat, and happy somewhere in Westerville. Right. Taxpayers of Ohio are footing that bill through either state tax or their federal taxes. And so we've got to unwind that. That's why I say under a mayor administration, we are not raising spending at all. And we'll look to try to reduce it and then get rid of the state income tax and Medicaid expansion so we can have control of our budget in the way we need to have control of it to do the things we need to do, which is invest in smart infrastructure, right? Make sure people keep more of the money in their own pockets so they determine how it gets spent. And you know all this stuff from there. Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio, also exploring a run for Ohio governor in 2026. He's a friend of the show. We're grateful that he was here with us today. Matt, thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of your week. You too. Enjoy your weekend. All right, gang. It has been real and it has been fun. And we are going to have some more real fun tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.